Welcome to the Inside Data Center podcast. I'm Andy Davis, and in this podcast, I will interview the people working in the data center sector and tell their stories. If you are working in the DC sector or you are looking to work in the sector, then this is a podcast for you. Welcome to the Inside Data Center podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jeffrey Tay, Executive Vice President of Strategic Partnerships at Space DC. Good morning, Jeffrey, or good afternoon for you. Did it wrong again, as I do. <laughs> No, it's okay. Uh, yes, indeed. Let's say good morning. <laughs> and thank you once again, Andy. Uh, this will be the second time we are doing this. And I really appreciate it. Uh, I know you are busy. A lot of people is going after you for, for your time. So I really appreciate it. Thank you once again. I say uh, it's good for Space DC to be able to go on this platform to have a regular chat with you to give you an update and the industry, the update of what the, the market is looking like in this part of the world and also what Space DC is doing. No, exactly. And I know you're very, very busy at the moment. So we've got a lot to cover in a, in a short space of time. So we're going to work our way around Asia, getting all the latest news of, of Space DC. But before we start, do you just want to quickly introduce yourself, kind of who you are, what your role is at Space DC for the people that haven't listened to one of the other episodes? Sure, sure. Thank you. So I'm Jeffrey Tay. I'm the Executive Vice President for Space DC. I'm responsible for strategic partnership. And when we define partnership, it will be including customers, partners, uh, as you name it, in the ecosystem uh, that we do uh, our business for. So yes, so that's my role strategically for, for Space DC. Uh, which is keeping you very busy at the moment, as, as we are about yes. to find out. Yes. <laughs> so where I thought we'd start is, is in the Philippines or Manila. I know you, know you released some sort of amazing news fairly recently about that region and your new 72 megawatt data center that you're developing. Do you just want to give us a brief overview of the facility and, and also explain to, to the listeners kind of why you decided to develop in this region? Okay, yes, yes. Uh, first of all, uh, our facilities is in Manila, all right, uh, when we have chosen the site. Uh, it is in a place called uh, Kanda, all right, uh, if I, I hope I get it right in, in the Philippines way, all right. It is actually a, a piece of property that is, um, as you as you. A lot of people may know that you know uh, Philippines is prone to, to, to volcanic eruptions, earthquakes, flood. So, but this piece of uh, property or, or land that we managed to secure and be building on is just off that so-called uh, zone whereby it's prone to flood, and also uh, it's just off the 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 earthquake zone. All right, so that's why it's become very attractive in the sense when we first announced it, uh, it draws a lot of attention as to people want to come and say, oh, okay, good. Uh, we, we want to have some idea and some insight of the location and how we are building it. Simply because the next thing that we announced was we are building a, a green data center again, all right, like the one we did in Indonesia. All right, and this time around, we are going to use uh, geothermal and wind energy uh, working with the local energy uh, company, all right. I mean the local renewable energy company uh, that we have secured the the contract for, and we are looking to again once again do a one point three PUE uh, DC there. Uh, it will be a tier three plus. Uh, we will not. We will try to to go for tier four certification, but at this point of time, um, it is designed to be a, a three building for our three four story building. All right, uh, which were, of course, uh, about 25 meter tall each in that sense. And then uh, it will provide that 72 megawatt of white uh, IT load uh, to our customers. So at the moment, this is what we are looking at. 
All right. And we have other plans, obviously, uh, for Philippines as well uh, as we engage. And we are very excited that uh, I, I hope to be able to release that we will soon be having a strategic partnership that we, we're going to announce soon in Philippines as well, including the carriers, including the, the partner ecosystem for, for connectivity solutions and cybersecurity. Yeah, excellent. And obviously, it's a, I think it's rumoured to be or will be the biggest data centre in the region at the time of, of completion. So you're, you're going into the region in a big way, Jeffrey. Uh, yes, if you look at what we have done in Indonesia like four to five years ago, we, we, we were also, I think, the, the top three, if you look at the list of uh, providers right now in Indonesia, which there's 16, 17 brands. We were the early uh, top three to, to have gone into the market and wanted to develop the market. Uh, that's simply because uh, we, we had the vision that, you know, Southeast Asia is definitely growing, be it the, the population, the, the mobile mobility data, trends uh, and where the crowd guys are going that, that, that you see a lot of reports from them. So we believe that, you know, obviously Philippines is, is going to be the next big one given the, the, the land itself or the country itself is really fiber rich. All right, and so our, our piece of land as well. So we are very close to a lot of uh, TOCs, what we call uh, telecom exchange. All right, uh, and we are very happy that, you know, we managed to secure the, the, the location. And we believe that the market will be hot. And I think there are already signs, as you see. <laughs> uh, we, 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 we hear that, you know, PRDT is building uh, um, 100 megawatt, uh, despite the news that they, they are looking at uh, ongoing Rumors, I would say that that they are trying to to sell off their properties. All right, quote and unquote that report. All right, uh, and and of course, uh, there's many activities that is pointing to the direction that uh, Philippines will be the next hottest hub in terms of DC. All right, compared to the rest of the region. All right. Yeah, definitely. And, it's, yeah. it's definitely a region that I am seeing a lot of activity at the moment, as you say. Yes, and then the next one will be Thailand. I guess the next next hot one. That's what we believe, and and yes, Space DC is on it as well. But uh, we have we have not um concretely worked on any plans to announce. So yes, and I know ESG is really important to your organisation as well. And we talked about it a lot on our previous episode, which obviously people can go back and listen to if they, if they haven't listened to it yet. But how have you had to you know adapt the facility? To achieve your, you know, your organization's sustainability and ESG targets. Mm, yes, um, we 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 as an organization has strongly believed that um, moving forward, we need to do our part for the planet Earth, and not only that is that uh, DC, as you know, consumes a, a, a fair bit and quite a fair bit of power. All right, and in terms of being a, a responsible. Uh, citizen uh, in the country that we operate or, or in the business that we are doing the, the business for. Uh, we want to be as environmental friendly as possible, all right? But given the context that we, we are working on our PUE design, which is one way to, to be more earth-friendly, the next is that we are not looking at just the, the renewable source of energy, all right, so we have designed our data center in various aspects in terms of water treatment, waste treatment, so that you know in, we try to cover as wide as possible every aspect of our design to be as ESG as possible, so so to speak. All right, simply because we feel that you know that is a big uh, way that the technology that we will adopt and that the partners that we can talk to will be able to help to contribute to this as well. All right, not just from an MEP or infra perspective, but from the data hall. 
All right, right now to the data hall. All right, so and in this slide as well, uh, there's big push as you probably know about the lifting of the uh, uh, moratorium in Singapore. So big push <laughs> on the ESG story as well on the design and it has to be platinum uh, certified for, 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 for green build. So we are working on it. Uh, and I think we will have our ticks and, and chats against every component that we feel that is, is must be a green build, not just uh, using the renewable source of energy. So we are doing all we can. All right. Uh, so there's a lot on our build team, our technical evaluation, our electrical guys, our mechanical guys do all aspects. And even down to the operation, whereby day to day uh, in our operation, we try to implement um, green procedures so that we maintain the data center in the green way. So it's not just up, uh, just running day one, but uh, it's an ongoing process that we maintain the data center in a green way. Oh, yeah, excellent. And I know, say, I know it's a big focus of yours, and, and I'm sure you would ensure that it's you know reaching the levels and the standards of, of your high expectations. And like I said earlier, I know you know Space DC are busy and and you're expanding across the region at the moment. And I know there's some sort of other news you wanted to share with us about another region that you're, you're just about to announce. Oh, well, yes, uh, we, we want to announce some partnership in China, all right? Uh, because China has been a very interesting market for us. And I think a lot of people in the industry will know that um, um, the build in China is not easy, all right? So uh, uh, we, we do do and we, we do say, uh, good luck to those uh, our friendly uh, peers that is building there. Uh, we do see a lot of uh, of business opportunity as well, and that's why we decided to announce this this uh, partnership soon. All right, that we are going out. All right, and the reason why is because we see a lot of financial uh, institution activities, and we believe uh, China still offers a lot, a lot, a lot of potential in terms of the DC build, all right? And, and of course, the local are, are, are ramping up very fast. So we have to do something. <laughs> and, and I'd like to quote and unquote uh, Goldman Sachs report, right? Say, so they believe that China, as much as the, the tech controls, the tech measures, it is still uh, a, a high growth uh, revenue space uh, in terms of investments and, and financial activity. All right, that's from Goldman Sachs. All right, uh, there's a report that, that um, I'm happy to share. So there's a couple of guys that's been quoting, and it's not just Goldman Sachs, I guess. Uh, JP Morgan is also looking at, at, at China as the uh, high growth uh, revenue uh, city. So I, I think all in all, I think China cannot be neglected, uh, so to speak. So that's why we are taking this partnership announcement and then we're hoping to take this uh, to the next step uh, once uh, we are more ready for the market in terms of going into the market. So, yes. You think you'll have to adapt your, your design and your data centers for the Chinese market or are you, you're fairly confident that you know, your existing platform can be moved into, into China? I think there's two aspects of so-called going into China. First, the design build, they have their design uh, institution guidelines, as you know. Uh, as you know, Uptown has been working big time in China to to, to bring their standards in, in the, to so-called uh, sit side by side the Chinese standard. So there's this big Chinese uh, institution that does this. They call it the Design uh, Technology Institution or, or a lot of people may know their design standards for DC. Um, so, but a lot of it, if you look at it, is that there's similarities between how Uptown defines some of these protocols and standards. So it's just a crossover 
and to say that okay, so how do we how do we call this uh, terminology or how do we define this idea? All right, so so I think uh, from a design perspective, yes, uh, when going into the market, you need to apply your your design standard to be approved by the relevant authorities, and I think this is just one way of looking of doing the business in China because you you you, you need to understand it. Actually, it's the same globally. You need to conform to the standards policies uh, of the country, but I think more importantly is the commercial model. All right, I, I think you will see that uh, a lot of the foreign and foreign company going may may have a learning curve in terms of the commercial model to, to cope with winning the business, especially uh, the market was predominantly dominated by, by the telcos before again. All right, there's a trend and, and behavior pattern that the consumer or the end users are, are used to. And given the big big push from the, the Ali, Tencent, the, the hypercrowd guys there as well in terms of the way they, they do their, their expenditures in terms of infrastructure. So I think that's something that why we are chosen to go on the partnership is yes, uh, they will help us to mediate uh, and be the liaison between this, and and we don't don't have to be hundred uh, percent as if we 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 are trying to to enforce it the 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 the, the non Chinese way. All right, so so we we hopefully that our par- partner can help us to balance the situation. All right, and and that will give us the learning curve. I think it will be a shorter learning curve than than whereby we have a partner side by side to us willing to to help us to expedite the growth that is needed before we actually off, uh, go into the market with an official uh, partnership, so to speak, uh, to build or, or to start entering the market in a bigger way. Yeah, definitely. And how is China going to impact your long-term growth strategy? Because like we, we talked about already, you're very busy as it is and you're adding more and more into the you know into that. So how is China going to impact sort of how Space DC grows over the long term? Well, as you can see that, you know, there's many projects we are working on, honestly. Uh, uh, at this point in time, we will say that we will kickstart the project and, and we will monitor and track it. All right. But there are other, yes, there are other regions that's of priorities as well, given, and we have to work along the line with our investors because this is also, they will have their, their financial report to say that this is the market that they believe in. So, so we will have to work on that uh, in parallel uh, with our investors, all right, to see, okay, uh, if we are looking at this region, this country, uh, what does it take, for example, on the IRR and the return on investment? And would this be the one that we are looking at? Of course, then we need a way, way in terms of the London strategy as well. So we, we have a 5, 10, 15 year plan uh, uh, and we see this with our investors as well. So I think, yes, uh, given that, that context of where we are going as well, uh, which will take us to the next one, whereby we are looking at Australia, we, we have some plans for India and definitely Japan as well. So this is where, other than just now I mentioned about the developing countries, which Thailand is on the radar. So we will have to look at all this to balance it a bit, all right, and to say, okay, where's next that we will, 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 will pump our dollars in and start the bid. So yes, uh, we are coming close to some decision. So it's a, it's, it's the space to watch for Space DC. All right, so so we, we are hoping that we, we can make uh, announcement every Every quarter, at least, you know, with a new new project, so that you know we we, we can act aggressively uh, win the market at the at the rate that our investors and uh, and our management uh, wants us to grow the region. Uh, exciting times for the business, and I know um, obviously rapid growth brings with it quite a lot of challenges as well. So, kind of as an organisation, how are you having to adapt as you go through this expansion period? 
Well, uh, I think it's always talent. All right. Uh, in every country we're going, we, we have to restart the process to look at talent because uh, we we are we, we believe that you know we will need, especially from an operation perspective, we will need the local talent. All right. So it's 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 always trying to to operate in a way that you know we do the talent retention at the same time uh, doing a succession in terms of the talent that we have built. All right, so if you look at um, from a Space DC headquarters, or our core team, uh, where our senior executives and the head of department all sits in, there has been no movement, <laughs> or rather we are all there uh, after four years. <laughs> so so I, I think that's a good sign. So we, we, we as the, the head of the department and, and the leadership role, we are trying to make sure that we build in processes, we build in cultures, we bring in protocols that we can carry on to train and, and grow and enhance the skill of the members that the new members that we are bringing into the family. All right. So it's a challenge. It's never easy because um, it's not what we preach. It's rather, we have to listen as well as, as to, you know, I, I believe, you know, as well, it's a delicate situation or delicate scenario when you want to try to, to motivate us, uh, your team at the same time, trying to balance that with the business objectives and the business goals. All right. And to make sure that everybody's on board uh, and on track, uh, to achieve the goals, all right. So um, yes, uh, and that that falls under our COO Caroline, which she, she has a big job of defining this process, this protocol, so that we try to stick as close as we can to make sure that you know um, all this can be repeatable, all right, and it can be re re engaged in every market that we go in, all right. Of course, then we 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 are tweeting it based on the local culture, based on the local climate, based on the local situation. Uh, let's say COVID, for example, has 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 brought around in the sense that when we enter the market, we we have to provide options of remote uh, working, you know, working from home, and how do we how do we monitor, how do we track uh, the the well being of the staff, you know, making making sure they are still happy, you know, they don't feel that they 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 are what you call um, left alone, all right? They are not on the uh, island themselves, but they are, they are part of a bigger family. Uh, excellent. And I know you do some great work around that, so you know, which is really good to see. And I've been asking everyone sort of at the start of the year about for their 2022 predictions. I think you know you've just demonstrated how busy 2022 is going to be for Space DC. And I know we're going to make this a regular chat so we can share the news across the year. But do you have any predictions for the for the data center sector for 2022? Uh, I think if you're asking me is that I think Singapore is one country to be watched off, as you know, when they announced that you know Q2. Uh, the actual uh, uh, RFP will be released after the lifting of the uh, moderatum. Uh, so, but uh, also uh, Singapore is going on a big scale for the renewable energy uh, by the EMA for the for that market, which is happening in April. So, actually, if you look at it, there's an overlap in terms of all this, uh, in terms of the data center industry. So, I think the world in terms of Southeast Asia uh, is. What is Singapore going to do? Because it has a lot of impact to the neighboring countries. All right. Then Batam, Chaha, what happens? All right. Because as this, as and, and Singapore has a now carbon tax, uh, to, to, to going up to about $50 to $80 per ton uh, by 2026 or 20, yeah, 2026. So you, you, you will imagine that that means um, the cost of build uh, will increase significantly. And depending on how the remaining period, um, develop and how the remaining country react to that because it's not going to be a Singapore problem all right it's going to be a it's a it's a global problem on energy so everybody will come to that point whereby they also need to talk about oh okay now there's so much data center in my in, in my I think Indonesia is really beginning to look at it so what happens 
Japan is there, as you know, China is there, as you know, because of the, the uproar of the build. So what's next? All right. So I think um, the again, we will go back to the ESG, sustainability energy source. So I think there's a huge market for renewable energy uh, of how you look at it. And then uh, for me, uh, at least uh, being a player now, I'm learning something new in the industry itself because of this renewable energy ESG. Now I have to understand how REC, renewable energy credit works. All right, how that relates and to finance it, that and things like that. So all these are new concepts and new ideas that is that's floating in 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 every day in, in my in my email and I have to read, learn, and understand. You know how how to go around working this in the dynamic. So so if you ask me, the industry is very exciting still and and it's fast growing still. And more importantly, like I said, there's many dynamics that will change the game. Uh, we saw how COVID has affected uh, the cloud guys. All right, cloud. And the, the usage, or I would say the, the user and user pattern in terms of living habits, how they use the internet, everything. So things will carry on to change. All right. So I, I think if you ask me, Singapore is one market. Next, of course, is Philippines right? because everybody's going in. Indonesia, Indonesia remains still very hot. All right. But I think it is climatic in the sense that, you know, almost uh, anybody or any, any customers or hyperscaler that want to be there is there already. All right. So, so then you'll be, then next is really um, down to the next cycle of, of the business, which is then who offer the best value added service to stay in the game. All right. And then for other region like Philippines, Thailand, it will be the fast growing one, I think. And then for developed markets, as you saw, uh, carry-ons to grow, right? carry-ons to have investors that is wanting to invest there. So just as Singapore, so it points down to how then a few parameters like ESG, energy, uh, constraint of land, you know, that play out in, in the region that would define the game. Yeah, it's really interesting and great to hear your views on, you know, on, on the APAC region as a whole. I know there's so much going on at the moment and it is hard for people like myself that are outside of the region to try and keep up to date with the news. So it's great to have an expert like yourself on to, to share those insights. But it's really you know, fascinating to learn about more about Space DC. I know you've got so much news going on at the moment. And obviously, we touched on the Philippines, we touched on China, and a few other regions as well that are coming soon. And I'm looking forward to sharing that as, you know, as we make this a more regular podcast across the year. But thanks for your time today, Jeffrey. I say great, great to learn more about everything that's happening at the moment and, and look forward to doing it again soon. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. And, and meanwhile, stay safe. And I look forward to chatting soon. 